I give thanks to God for the opportunity to be with you today on Global Outreach Sunday. And I thank the leadership of um, Christ Church for the opportunity to share fellowship with you. I bring you greetings from my family in Ghana and from your friends in International Needs Ghana. Shall we pray? Gracious Father, thank you for the gift of life and for a new day. We're grateful for the opportunity to listen to your word and be reminded about your command to be ambassadors and witnesses. The entrance of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. May your word light our path and give us understanding in our walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Growing up as a child, I was deeply interested in news, and so I followed the news quite regularly. I was fascinated by the thought of being appointed an ambassador of your country, to represent your country in a foreign land. I always wondered what it would feel like and be like to represent your country in a foreign country. And as I came to faith in Christ, one of my very first memory verses that I learned was 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And then as you continue further, you read in verse 18, Apostle Paul calling people who come to faith in Christ Jesus to be ambassadors for Christ. As a young Christian, I wondered what it would be like to be an ambassador for Christ. What does that mean? Later, I discovered that in addition to being called Christians and the call to be ambassadors for Christ, there were several other names by which Christians were called. In Ephesians 1, 18 to 20, they were called saints. In the Bible, they were referred to as sons, as disciples, as jewels, as servants, if you look at Acts 20, 17 to 38. Again, as stewards, friends, and most importantly, as witnesses. And I noticed that the focus of Global Outreach Sunday, and indeed, the whole of Global Outreach Ministry is on Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the call to be witnesses. The theme for reflection this morning is on being global ambassadors for Christ. And I'll be speaking from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, from verse 18 to 21. But I also reflect on the passage in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Christ calls us to be his witnesses. And I really want us to discover what our roles entail as ambassadors and as witnesses. My prayer is that we will be inspired and challenged to not only be global ambassadors, but also witnesses for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Before we go any further, it's important to establish the context of this passage. You have Paul writing to the Corinthian church, particularly in the second epistle, 
to detail some of the difficulties and challenges, the hardships he's had to endure in preaching the gospel. Some in the church, particularly the Jewish teachers, questioned his credentials as an apostle, probably because he wasn't part of the original 12. And so in this particular epistle, Paul wrote to defend his apostleship. He admonishes the Corinthian church in chapter 5 that the love of God indeed should be that which would compel them to be able to live for him. In fact, if you trace from the beginning of chapter 5, Paul talks about two dwellings, a tent and then an eternal house. The tent being the body we live in and the eternal house being our dwelling with God in heaven. A tent, as we all know, is not a permanent dwelling place. That tells us that some day to come, we would have to lay this tent aside and enter into that eternal dwelling, that eternal house. But that will depend on how we have lived and obeyed God. The start of verse 17 gives a sense of completion. It starts with the word, therefore. Therefore, in Scripture, should always be an opportunity to pause and reflect on what is being concluded. And in this particular passage, it's important to ask, what is it that Paul is trying to conclude on? Identity in Christ changes when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But it doesn't really end there. We have a responsibility as described in verse 18 to 21. And we will be looking into that very soon. If you think about the word ambassador, we would probably want to look into scripture and try to find out what it means. In the Old Testament, we can look into Proverbs 13, verse 17, Isaiah 18, verse 2, Isaiah 30, verse 4, 33, uh, verse 7. In all these passages, the word used is envoy. You find the expression, an envoy. The envoy here represents an ambassador. Paul also speaks of himself in Ephesians 6, 20, as Christ's ambassador, and then calls us in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, to be ambassadors for Christ. Really, to be an ambassador in the ancient world, whether in the Roman, in the Greek, or Jewish, as well as in our modern times, involves three key things. It is being commissioned for a special duty. It is representing the sender, the one who is commissioning you. And it is exercising the authority of the sender. And I believe we can all relate to the concept of an ambassador in our contemporary world, in our socio-political world um, today, whether it's in our countries or we are representing brands. We have the idea of 
ambassadors all over. But it is also important to realize that for all their exalted status, ambassadors do not have all the power. They do not create messages. They deliver messages that are given to them. And so in essence, ambassadors are quite different from what in the diplomacy world they would call plenipotentiaries. And an ambassador is therefore one who is both a messenger and a representative of the one who has sent him. As believers, we are messengers and representatives of the kingdom of God. Our appointment as ambassadors, therefore, is not confined to a geographical space. It is really an appointment to the entire world. And our ministry is to the ends of the earth, as is noted in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I'd like to really highlight uh, three key points from the passage in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 uh, to 21. And as believers, it's important to notice that from this passage, we have been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. We also have been given the message of reconciliation. And we have Christ himself who's modeled for us reconciliation. That really ties in very beautifully with a passage in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where God is calling his people chosen to be his witnesses. And he's calling us to places to be his witnesses. And just like in the passage in 2 Corinthians 5, where he modeled reconciliation, he himself has determined the plan by which we will be his witnesses. We'll now take this one after the other. And shall we look at um, verse 18? It says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We are ambassadors. While Paul is referring to himself and his associates, clearly this job description applies to all believers. It is not limited to a select few. It is also important to relate that to the call in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, to be witnesses of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's important to realize that God is not choosing angels or supermen to be his witnesses. He's selecting ordinary men and women like you and I to be his witnesses, to be his representatives, to be his ambassadors. And it's important to note the pronoun in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says, you. Is quite definite. God is expecting every Christian to be his witness everywhere. In our homes, in our offices, 
in the shops, in the factories, wherever we find ourselves, God is expecting us to represent him. It is clear that God chooses us to be his ambassadors and witnesses. And especially for all those he saved. And it is an appointment we cannot refuse. We have no excuses to give. We must honor this appointment. And it is not an appointment for a lifetime. It is not an appointment for a specific period. Just like you have in a country where um, the American government would appoint an ambassador to Ghana for a short period of time. No, our appointment as ambassadors is for a lifetime. Our call to be witnesses is for a lifetime. And we really do not have excuses. If there are any excuses to be given, I'm sure Paul would have quite a tall list and indeed a very convincing list to put forward. He's been in chains. He's been incarcerated. He's confined. And so he cannot be an ambassador. He cannot be a witness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But even in those moments of confinement and limited freedom, he still proclaimed the word of God. He still preached and was a witness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He did not see those as obstacles, but as opportunities to proclaim the gospel. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our freedom. We are not confined in any way. We can walk in and walk out of our homes. What is our excuse? Not to be global ambassadors. What is our excuse for not being his witness in whatever space we find ourselves, including our digital spaces? It's therefore important for us to realize that our witness and our role as ambassadors and as representatives of Christ Jesus is not limited to where we are or find ourselves at any point in time. It's to the ends of the earth, as he says in Acts 1.8. I want to move on to the second point I made about being given that message of reconciliation in verse 19. It says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. In Luke 4, verse 18, Jesus declares his mission on earth as follows. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so it is for this reason he came. He came to die on the cross so he can reconcile the world unto his father. So my sins and your sins will not be counted against us. Indeed, 
Bible tells us in John 1, 12, that as many as received him and believed in his name, he gave them the right to be children of God. Children not born of natural descent or a husband's will, but born of God. This is the mission of Christ. This is what we are called to as Christians. This is what we need to be participating in as global ambassadors and as witnesses of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our testimony must really center on the person of Jesus Christ. He says, you will be my witnesses in Acts 1, 8. We are not to witness to a denomination. We are not witnessing to a system. We are not witnessing to a creed, but to the person of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself. And witnessing here should not be limited to a matter of telling, but a matter of living. We must be living witnesses of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How are you living? How are you representing Christ? How are you leading the way so others who have not come to the saving knowledge of Christ will be reconciled to the Lord. And I want to look at verse 21, the third point, where Christ modeled reconciliation for us. It reads, God made him who had no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God's method is to send forth living witnesses. And he'd modeled this for us in 2 Corinthians 5.21, through his son, so that as we experience him, we can go and testify. Friends in the Lord, we need to go and again be determined to be his witnesses in obedience to Acts 1.8 and the similar call in Matthew 28.19 where he calls us to go and be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. As I've already alluded, our appointment is really to the whole world. It has no boundaries. And it will mean some of us here will need to take a step out of our homes, wherever we are based now, into places we haven't been or we do not know. But probably the Lord is calling us to. Ours is to obey and trust him. He will lead us in fulfilling this. But you see, you may be wondering, how can I do this? You may be hearing the voice of God to really get on and respond to this call. The Lord's call to be his ambassadors and witnesses will be an overwhelming task if we think we can do it on our own. But that's where, again, in Acts 1.8, he told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. 
needed empowering strength and power from the Holy Spirit to be effective witnesses and ambassadors of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Without that, friends, we will not be able to serve and serve faithfully. Are you ready to release yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to empower you and to lead you to be an effective witness, a global ambassador of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? You see, one of the central themes we discover as we look at the book of Acts, and indeed as we glean from the lessons in 2 Corinthians 5, is the concept of inclusiveness. The gospel is not for a select few. It's not limited to people who God has kind of prepared or selected. It's available to people of all nations, of all tribes. And therefore, there is a strong evidence that we need to be able to take the gospel out there. The gospel was brought to my home context, so I heard it. It was brought to America, so Americans had it. But the task is not over. Today we have a unique opportunity, and that has been made a lot simpler for us. We have unreached people groups that have been profiled, identified, and kind of targeted. We can reach these people, and we'll be fulfilling the commission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We will be participating and God's mission. You probably may be wondering, but what if I go and nobody listens to me? Again, we have an, a, a unique example in Acts chapter 8. As you pray and as you prepare to speak to people, the Holy Spirit is preparing them to also receive the message you have to share. We remember Philip and the Ethiopian just as Philip was prepared or was being prepared to send the message, the Ethiopian was being prepared as well to receive that message. The message of reconciliation is still relevant today. And Jesus is ready to accept and bring you in if you do not know him. But if you do, then praise the Lord. We have a responsibility to carry out, to be his ambassadors and to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. Christ Church is partnering international needs Ghana and USA in a very unique way, reaching men, women, and children for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And in many amazing ways, that will take me probably more than the time allotted me for the sermon to talk about. But in unique ways, Christ Church has invested significantly in the lives of people in Ghana through education, portable water, skills training, planting churches where the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached. 
And I think for me, quite importantly, equipping pastors and church planters to prepare people and to preach God's word day in, day out. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a lot more to be done. It is not late. You can participate wherever you are. And if you'd like to know more, my colleague Terry will be coming to share briefly with you about how you can be part of God's mission through international needs. And no matter where you live, no matter the family in which you've been born into, no matter your social status, you are somebody's ambassador. You are someone's ambassador. And you are witnessing to something or somebody. My question to you, and as I leave you, is whose ambassador are you? And who are you testifying for? Shall we pray? And I invite my colleague, Terry, to be with you. Gracious and everlasting Father, thank you for sending your son to die and reconcile the world to you. May we be continually reminded of our calling to be witnesses and ambassadors of this truth and the awareness that our lives are living epistles that are read daily. Grant us the grace to faithfully and boldly represent you in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ed, thank you so much for coming and sharing that truth with us. I was thinking of Proverbs 25, 25. It says, like cold water to a weary soul is good news from a distant land. And today we've been reminded about the people who love Jesus, who are scattered across his world, being ambassadors to those who are nearby and far off. I also bring thanks to you, Christ Church, because you have been standing with International Needs Ghana for more than 16 years. Ed referred to it, churches have been planted, pastors have been trained, people have been encouraged in their walk with the Lord. The vocational training of women who were at risk and vulnerable has happened because of the generosity of people like you at Christ Church. And I think after listening to a message like that, you might ask the question, what now? How do I be an ambassador? What does it look like? What could it look like? I hope that the Holy Spirit is whispering to you ways that you can make a difference. And I want to offer you one opportunity that is available even today, and that is to invite you to consider sponsoring a child in Ghana who is waiting to go to school but needs assistance. It would be a child like Israel. I brought the profile up and wanted to share it with you. He's 13 years old. The staff in Ghana has gone to his home, talked to them and found out that he has a mother, father and brother and eight sisters. 
living in a small community called Kebanu in the Volta region of Ghana. He is not sometimes not able to go to school and access needed educational materials, but he's hardworking. And on the side it says, I am a leader. So a kid like Israel or a little girl here, Millicent, who's five years old, says she's assertive and the most punctual of children. We have many profiles available. For those of you that are viewing this online, of course, there's access, digital access at the International Needs US website and also through the Christ Church website. There's a link that you can go to. I want to tell you that these children that I'm talking about, I've stood in their village. I've talked to the elders and the chief there. They've thanked us for the schools that have been assisted in being built, for the churches that have come, for medical work that's there, for clean water access. But part of delivering the message and being an ambassador for these young kids who don't know about Jesus necessarily in their home would be to have them be able to go to school and to know that someone who is a follower of Christ, who is on the Jesus way, would be willing to give $38 a month and help them to attend school. Sponsoring a child can be one more way that you can be a witness for Jesus, an effective global ambassador. And so I just invite you today to consider if that's something you're interested in. And thank you again for all the support that we've had from Christ Church.